You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. So, um, yeah, God, when, when I have a word to bring or when I'm given the opportunity to bring a word, I find that God, God's way of inspiring me to bring something to challenge the church with comes by the means of challenging me about something and when that's the case I feel like I'm less short of words because it's something that I myself am going through it's something that myself I'm being challenged with and something that I've got to respond to and have a responsibility to have the correct approach to so um, I just you know if it's if you identify with what I'm about to say you know just um, just receive it because I'm um, yeah, God, God just um, has some things to say. So if you would turn with me to um, Exodus 16. God's been speaking to me a lot about um, just being present in the present moment and um, not being... Um, maybe my problem isn't so much that I'm anchored into the past, but I'm, my mind is very much always cast into the future to see what's coming up next. And that kind of promotes anxiety in me. So that's something that God's really challenged me about. So I've called my talk here and now in my life with God. And that's not just my life. That's, that's your life. And yeah, let's just look at. We always turn to the Bible, don't we? Because that's God's word to us. That's God's breathed word. And um, we can see that, you know, we're sometimes we can be isolated and blinkered and think, you know, we are the center of the universe and nobody's ever felt like I have before. Um, but in the word of God, we can see many situations where different people have faced difficult situations or good situations and how God has come and been in relationship with those people and made things even better than they were before. So if I just give you a little bit of a prequel to where we're going to start reading, we've um, sort of near the end of Exodus 13, um, the Israelites have escaped from Egypt. They've um, been through the plagues, they've avoided the plagues, God's got them through and it's time for them to leave and it's time for them to run and go to their neighbours and ask their neighbours for um, the plunder and off they go with their children, the wives, their pets if they had any, their cattle. I don't think there were any pugs in those days. (laughs) Pugs with t-shirts. Um... And they get to a position where they're in a desert and um, Pharaoh's heart's been hardened and he's changed his mind and thought, you know, I've got no slaves to serve me at this point and I changed my mind and off you go men and go get them back because nobody's cleaning my shoes anymore and nobody's washing my clothes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, off they go. In Exodus 14 verse 11 it says by this point, they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us 
to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. We see here an example of um, God's people. You know, they've seen great things up until this point. They've um, seen plagues come and go. They've seen the angel of God go before them and the clouds go before them. That becomes the pillar of night at night time. They've seen God's faithfulness up until this point. And yet, they hit this obstacle in all their lives. And it's like, it's not just the the minority that say this. It seems to be the majority has made this voice come out from them as a people and has made it into this verse. And um, they, they're hanging on to the past and they're going, we were better where we were before, which is completely crazy. Um, I sort of divided this, these thoughts into these three points. You know, what's, what's the worst way to approach this? And this is what they did. They automatically expected the worst at this point. They had the worst outcome in mind. They grumbled. We're about to turn into Exodus 16 where they continually grumbled. And they'd completely forsaken, really, what looks to be any normal human judgment on the matter. You know, that even without God's strength, you could clearly see that God's faithfulness had brought them up until this point. And they just seemed to panic and chaos ensues. And, and this is what we see. They lost their heads. They played the blame game. They blamed God. They blamed Moses. They blamed the leaders. This is the worst approach. This is the first approach of three approaches. The second approach could have been that at minimum they should have been just neutral. They should have been at least a little bit positive, even through man's understanding, that um, God had got them to this point. And they could have said to themselves, okay, this isn't ideal, we're going to try our best to fight off the Egyptians, we've got the plunder, let's just try and make a new life for ourselves here in the desert, maybe. That's the man's strength approach. The best scenario of behavior when you bring God into the equation could have been that they could have remembered any part, really, of God's promises to them as a Jewish heritage, you know, as a Jewish people. Like, God had been promising to them throughout history up until this point that they were his chosen people, that he was going to bring them through, that he had a plan for them. And... This should have really rung in their minds at this time, but it just didn't. So we can learn from that. So they were giving up their peace. They were, you know, losing their heads, panicking, not knowing what to do, blaming Moses, blaming God. They were also giving up their position. So they were asking and fantasizing about being back in captivity in a position of a slave. In God's strength, we should expect the best outcome. Um, By ourselves, we should at least expect neutral as God's people, but we should never hold on to the past. Um, Let's turn to Exodus 16 as we continue in the story.
Yeah, we continue to look in and continue to see God's provision for them, even beyond where they were before. We see that God provides food for them, and still their grumbling continues. Let's start in verse 1. It says, The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had come out to Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out of this desert to starve, um, to starve this entire assembly to death. So again, they've, they've crossed the sea by this point, and still they're saying the same as they are before hands that we see in the end of 13, chapter 13. And it's, it's crazy. I mean, I tried to visualize some of, um, what they went through and, um, you know, we know they, they crossed the sea. And if you've watched any of the films, it all seems to happen in the daytime. And actually they crossed the sea at night, which is like 10 times scarier, like the rush of the sea, the rush of the wind. Um, people at their back wanting them dead, the, the pillar of fire, the, the, the angel of the Lord all, all around them, and they, they make it through on dry land, and they just see God's incredible faithfulness through, you know, against all odds, really, and still they're grumbling by this point. So, verse 4, we continue, and it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, God being gracious as he is, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in. And that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites, In the evening, you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, You will know that it is the Lord when he gives you the meat to eat in the evening and the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we who are not grumbling against us but against the Lord? And then if we take note of these next few verses, Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. I think that's amazing that um, even in a less than ideal situation where there's mistrust and doubt, that God's faithfulness still persists through. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, verse 10, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them. At twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. And the story goes on to um, the, the manna coming down and the manna in the middle of the day, that the manna that's left melting away in the sun. And the Lord really keeps them in a place of trust for the everyday. And people try to provision for the future by gathering more than they need for the day and, and the manner that they do that with rots as we, as we read and um, 
On the Sabbath, people go out looking as well, even though they've been told to collect for two days the day before. Um, as we know, the Sabbath is the day of rest, and they find nothing, as they are told, they will find nothing. So in, I just see a people where every step of the way, um, God's giving them clear instruction for their own good, and every step of the way they think they can do better, and they hang on to the past, they're fearful of their future, and they can't seem to live in the now and the trust um, dynamic of being just in the now with God. Sometimes it's tempting to look at um, how they behaved and think um, that that's really stupid of them to um, to have behaved that way, and, and why didn't they do better? And 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 yet we can be so similar in much lesser situations, you know, we don't have soldiers after us on a daily basis. We're not crossing seas and um, crossing deserts and dragging pots of gold along with our pug. Yeah, the, the, the Lord's just really been challenging me about being... Um, really present in the present with him and um, yes you can provision for the future but the future um, shouldn't be what um, like is on our minds concerning us the, the word says in, um, in Matthew 6 25 to 34 it says um, about the, the birds that um, Jesus takes care of about um, how we shouldn't worry about tomorrow tomorrow's got problems in itself you know Today is what we have. Um, I remember we used to have a pastor way back and he used to say, yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, all we have is today. And, and that's so true. Two Corinthians 10, verse three to five says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What does that mean, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We we did a course a while back called Freedom in Christ, and it was centered around um, going through steps to use God's word and his truths and his promises to renew your mind with. Um, taking captive every thought is being conscious, being aware, being... Um, in a monitoring state of your internal dialogue. Sometimes we can just churn the same destructive thought over and over again about our worry of what comes tomorrow. Um, I have to say, even, even today I woke up, and I woke up in a state of already stressing about Monday morning because of what awaits me at my desk when I come into the office. And I had to really stop myself and go, you know, actually... God, I, I want to just stop and breathe and know that you're here with me, that um, 
tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And I don't want the future that I do not know about to rob me of the joy that I can have today in you. And that's, that's just really the point I want to bring across. Jesus is our great example. Jesus lived in a way that strategically took advantage of every moment that he was here on earth. Um, he, he came with purpose. Um, he came with, with, with an aim of the future, but yet he, li- he was so present and, um, so, um, when he was healing people and spending time with people and spending time in the houses of tax collectors and with sinners and the prostitutes, he wasn't thinking about other things. He was there in the room with them, giving him his attention, his blessing, his love. This is the example we need to look to. Um, our mind isn't cast elsewhere, but that we're here in the room to be witnesses, to be lights for God. Even I've written here that even his time of rest was an active strategy to physically recharge, spend time with the Father, and just gain perspective of the bigger picture that his purpose on earth held. So, um, in, in the activeness of what we're doing in our, in the moment, in the times that we're engaging with people, there's, there's, there is a place for, for active rest and strategic rest, and it's not laziness, it's not procrastination, it's, um, it's time to spend with God, quiet time to spend with Him, waiting and listening to His voice. Sometimes by ourselves we can't see clearly, we can't discern clearly and we just need his voice we need to get back to the word of god we need to see where people like the israelites in exodus made certain mistakes or other people did things well and we need to recognize that we're not the first people to feel the way we do in our situations and that we can look to how god's people in the past did or didn't do things and and learn from it and just be sensitive to the spirit If we turn really quickly to um, Philippians, Philippians chapter And it says in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And what does that word always mean? That, that really means always. Let's, let's say always. Say always with me. Always. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. There's a real um, exhortation there. Let, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Importantly, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the way we need to be. 
we need to be in a place of giving it all over to God. Um, when we're in that present moment, when we're facing what may come tomorrow, let's pull away from the future and stand in the present and think, well, you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to procrastinate dealing with that, but actually I'm going to be very real and God, I'm going to give you my concerns, my, what I'm facing, and I'm just going to choose to relate to you today. Forget about what's, what's coming because you have that in your hands. You know our future and just surrendering to what we don't even know is coming. You know, I, I don't know what Monday morning has for me. Um, very often I probably make it out worse in my mind and in my um, anticipation than it actually really is going to be anyway. So what's the point in churning myself up and um, just giving the enemy a foothold, um, my anxiety levels rising for, you know, for really no reason. I could just give it to God and say, you know, um, it's in your hands it be. I would say, I would hope that all our desires are to become really the, the best expression of what a person's life is like when God comes and lives in it. But, um, you know, very often we can compare ourselves to others, look to our past, dread our future, and, you know, completely give up on things ever being better than they are in, the, in, in this moment. And, um, I just want to, I just feel like I want to shine God's, God's word and God's intention on that and just say, actually, you could be right now in the 4th of um, January 2015 and you could have, I don't know, failed your big views of what you were going to do this year already, four days in, but actually, God doesn't need to wait for the first of a year to come round to start a new season in you to start a new season in your life. Jesus was a person who spent time being very present and um, making friends and nurturing relationships with people and um, just bringing his healing power. And we are those people as well in our circles of influence um, we need to be, um, you know, if we meet up with somebody for a coffee, we need to sort of not be checking our phone every five minutes or, or like looking around, you know, like being very present, investing in people, you know, that's, that's why we're here. It's actually one of the top commandments to love people. It is the top commandment to love God, love people. Failing to be honest with yourself is a trap. So um, I just want to finish with with this. Jesus died to give us ultimate freedom and joy, and that um, boundless energy that that doesn't ever run dry because of knowing His love for us.
It's that supreme love that just travelled that distance to save us. God, God could come at any point. God could come at, um, I don't know, 2.37 in the morning, August the 13th this year, and say, you know, are you feeling co- cooperative? It's time to level up. It's time to to move on with me. And, and are we ready for that? Are we ready to take God at his word? Like we, we, we only have the present moment to actually make any decisions and changes. In the moment the second is gone, it's gone. And it's those accumulative decisions to do, do the right thing that um, brings about the big breakthroughs in us and that cooperation that we can have in God. This is, you know, this, uh, I've written at the bottom, this isn't self-help, it isn't just positive thinking, but this is my real mind and heart transformation that brings about real peace and a real settling of our hearts. Um, we can be so anxious by what the world brings, by... Um, what um, our minds are in bad habits to think and we need God's Holy Spirit to come and to just anchor us in a place where we're standing in the present knowing that we're here for such a time as this. We have a purpose. Our future is bright because of what God's done in us. It's not a topic of worry because only he knows what happens, and our past doesn't dictate how we should be. And that's just really a place of power. I'd like us to pray just um, a couple of minutes. You know, I, I like I said, I shared from my own life that um, I can get into that cycle of um, anxiety that even I'm, you know, I'm worrying and it's like my life's punctuated by the next ideal situation and it's like, you know, I just want to skip these couple of days which are just, you know, work and and stress and I want to get to the next time where I'm, you know, it's going to be ideal for me and you, you can't just wish your life away. You need to live every second that you have to the fullest potential that God's given to you. So if that's really you, it's something that God needs to help me and you with. And I just want to pray, you know, especially for you, if that is you. Um, So let's just pray. Holy Spirit, would you fill us? I thank you, Lord, that you've given us seasons to to live in, Lord, that um, you bring us through good times, through bad, but in everything, like the Israelites, we can see your faithfulness, Lord. And sometimes hard times would seek to dictate how we should live our present but we declare in Jesus name that our past has no hold on us thank you Lord that you died for our freedom thank you Jesus and Jesus we surrender to you our future 
As Philippians says in chapter 4, we bring every care, Lord, and we cast it to you, Father, and say, we trust you, Lord. You say in Matthew that you take care of the birds, you take care of the flowers. They don't, they're not concerned about what they eat and what they wear. And Lord, we choose that peace to know that you have our lives in your hands. And Lord, we choose to be present. We choose to be not cast our minds into the future or the past, Lord, but to be peaceful right here, right now, in our lives with you. To know your goodness right here in this second. To reflect upon your faithfulness right here in this second. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people, in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news, or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.